0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts, my name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime.
1: And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes,
0: Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Hey guys, welcome back. I don't know how to not say the intro. It's just like a, it's ingrained in my body now. (laughs) But welcome back to our podcast. We are back together for another week. And Jill started a new platform for you guys to follow us on. I don't know anything about it. I haven't seen it. It's kind of like a secret society as far as I'm concerned. Like she was saying...
1: I started a Facebook group, and Heather does not have Facebook, as you would know if you listened to this, but I started it earlier today on a whim,
0: and... Well, by her mother's request. No. She no?
1: Said, no, she just sent me that when we were sitting here. Oh, wow. Because she didn't realize i like already... predicted the
0: future. Right, because that's why she
1: was like, oh, I didn't realize you already made one. Well, I accepted it, and then she said, oh, I didn't know you already made one, just clicked. And then she said, glad you listened to me, even though I made it eight hours ago. So she said, dang it, Tina joined before I did. <laughs> That's funny. But Tina's our number one super fan. She is. And that, if you don't know, is my mom's twin sister, so my aunt. But, so I, I made it today and Heather has no idea anything about it because she doesn't have Facebook.
0: Uh, I will never know. You guys could talk about me in this Facebook group and I would literally never know. So if you're going to say something mean about me, do it there. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) But Darian will tell you because I added him to the group. He never does. I added him to the group. Okay. But I think he thinks it's everything on Facebook is supposed to be a secret because you know that I don't have Facebook. True. So anytime you post about anything, he never tells me. And then I'll be like, oh, did you know that blah, 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 blah happened to Jill? And he'll be like, yeah, I saw that on Facebook a couple hours ago. And I'm like, well, nobody told me. Did he tell you that I made the group? No. <laughs> See? Darien. <laughs> it's not a secret society. <laughs> it's a Facebook group. Listen, I like being out of the loop, so that's why I don't have Facebook. Well, I'm going like, to guess how many members we have. My guess is nine. No. I don't know how many. 28. 28 is really good. Yeah. Like, I'm really impressed. It's like triple the amount that we have on TikTok. So. It's all your supporters because no one even is on there for me. No. <laughs> Except for Darian. Okay, well, anyway, I'm glad that we have a Facebook group. Sorry that I can't be in it. I'm really not sorry that I can't be in it, which maybe sounds rude, but I really don't care. <laughs> I'll screenshot and share per usual. <laughs> that's like the perfect way for our friendship to work anyway. So,
1: Yeah, because I hardly use Instagram and that's all Heather's on. and She doesn't use Facebook and that's all I'm on. And we meet in the middle on TikTok.
0: There we go. In <laughs> the podcast. Right. Anchor.fm. That's where we meet in the middle. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, what are we learning about today,
1: JoJo? Okay. So I, I wanted to start this a little differently. Instead of adding the trigger warning for, I want to start saying, this episode includes gruesome murder, child death, along with possible sexual assault of a minor. So this is not for the faint of heart. This episode. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. And listener caution is advised. <sighs> I'm just trying to hype myself up right now. I'm okay. sorry. Can you repeat the list? Gruesome murder, child death, and possible sexual assault of a minor. Right. Okay. Continue on. So this... I don't want any of that, by the way. Continue on. Well, just to prepare
1: yourself. Thank you. Uh, this case takes place on February 28th of 1983 in St. Louis, Missouri which, as most of you repeat listeners know, is about 45 minutes from us. You drive fast. I just, yeah, I got to, I know CreveCore isn't necessarily St. Louis, but when you type it in in the map, it comes up as St. Louis, and that took me 37 minutes to get there today. But that was also at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. It starts off when two men had their vehicle break down, so they went looking for a piece of pipe to try and fix it. Now, I wasn't around in the 80s, so I don't know if this was normal for the time, but they decided to enter an abandoned building that used to be an apartment complex. Um, this was on Clemens Avenue in St. Louis.
0: I don't know if these are the criminals or if these are the people who are targeted, but this just sounds like a bad idea. This is like when you're watching a horror movie and they're like, let me go in the basement. And you're like, please don't go in the basement. Like, if there was anything else you could do, you should do that right now. Yeah. That's how I feel right now.
1: Well, that's why I'm like, I don't know if that was normal to just go in like, buildings
0: to try and find things. I don't understand a lot about cars, but I feel like even if you had a pipe, you would have to, like, weld it or something. I just want to know what they were going to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like you can't just, like, take out one pipe and put in another and not secure it in any way, shape, or form and say, let's drive home. Right. Especially if you're broken down.
1: It didn't make any sense to me, but... Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I'm (laughs) not... I'm... I am just speculating that who knows what they were in the abandoned building for, but that's what they said they were in there for. But when they were unable to find a pipe in any of the rooms, they went down to the basement of the building. One of the guys pulled out a lighter to try and see a little bit better, but that's when they saw something straight out of a horror film. They found the body of a young African-American girl who had been completely decapitated,
0: with her head nowhere to be found. Oh my god. This is not what I expected. Listen, I didn't mean to manifest that that was coming. But I would not have gone into the basement if I were them. Oh my god! Yeah, that is so scary to see that with the flame of your lighter in a, in a basement, and, and
1: the, yeah, it, I couldn't imagine. Oh my god! Um, and unfortunately, this case is still not solved to this day. Really? Yeah, and we don't we don't know the identity of this little girl. So um, oh my god, she has been given a couple names though, um, nicknames more or less, such as the St. Louis Jane Doe little Jane Doe, and Hope. And so I want to refer to her in this episode as Hope, because even though we don't know her real name or her true identity, she was a person and she deserves a name other than the victim. I'm shocked. Yeah, just jumped right in. But that
0: was like the fastest intro ever. (laughs) Well,
1: unfortunately, that's really because there is not. We don't know anything before
0: then. Um, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'm just saying like, I don't know. That was literally like a horror movie in my head. Like, I had, like, the scene of what they were doing and where they were going. Good storytelling, by the way, for this episode. Because I really felt like I could see what was happening. And then that was terrifying. Yeah.
1: So, um, when the homicide detective showed up on the scene with the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department, they were trying to figure out how to go about this case. They thought eventually someone would file a missing persons case... If right. they hadn't already. Um, and then the de- the detectives could go off of that and figure out who Hope was and then who did this to her. Once the medical examiners got to the scene, her body was found chest down with her arms bound behind her back with white and red nylon rope. She was wearing a long sleeve yellow sweater and she had bread nail polish painted on her fingers messedly like you would expect somebody that did it to themselves. Once they turned over her body, they were absolutely mortified to realize that Hope was a young child, determined to be around 8 to 11 years old. Oh, that makes me sick to my stomach. <sighs> yeah, um, especially like the state they found her body in. The scene really confused detectives because there was not a lot of blood, um, which was really odd because of the gruesome crime that was committed. So this led detectives to believe that Hope had been strangled and decapitated somewhere else. They determined that a serrated blade had been used to remove her head, and then they drained her of most of her blood before essentially dumping her body at the basement of this abandoned building. Detectives and police then went on a massive search that was about a 16-block radius around the apartment building. They had hoped to find Hope's head, but unfortunately this search was unsuccessful. Hope had no features like scars, birthmarks, or anything like that to help identify her. She also had nothing in her stomach when they performed the autopsy. It was determined that she might have had spina bifida, but they are unsure if it affected her or if her parents would have even known that she had it. They initially thought Hope had been sexually assaulted, but detectives said that they also could not officially determine whether or not that was true. They then went to the Missouri Botanical Garden, where the scientists had actually tested mold that they had found on Hope's neck, on the wound that she had on her neck, and this helped determine that she had been dead approximately five days before she was found. Wow. Unfortunately, all that detectives had to go on was that this was a young African-American girl who was between the ages of 8 and 11 and weighing only 60 to 70 pounds. Her height was approximately 4 foot 10 inches without her head, which meant Hope would have been tall for her age. Investigators reached out to all the schools in the area in hopes that there would be a missing student who matched her description This brings us to seven months later. The St. Louis Police Department had checked every 8 to 11-year-old African-American girl that was enrolled in every district with no success. This led them to believe that Hope was not from the St. Louis area. During these seven months, no one had came to claim her body, so subsequently she was buried in the Washington Park Cemetery in Berkeley, Missouri on December 2nd of 1983. This part makes me so extremely sad, and I feel like if there were social media in the 80s, this would have turned out different, but in regards to her burial, there was almost no one there. There was an officiant, a funeral director, the city's medical examiner, and a couple of the police detectives that worked on her case. There were no pallbearers, so the gravediggers had to take their place, and according to records, Hope's funeral service only lasted about five minutes. Wow. That part made me sad.
0: (laughs) Jill, that is really sad.
1: Um, Following her burial, detectives and investigators constantly filed missing person reports and bulletins across the country. In the years following, they had placed ads in well-known African-American magazines and newspapers, and even went as far to talk with psychics trying to find a lead on hope. It was said that a detective in Maplewood even attended a seance, which, if you're unaware, is when a group of people try to contact someone who is no longer with us. The detective said that when the psychic touched a picture of Hope's fingerprints, she said that Hope's head was in the Gulf of Mexico on a boat. Still, her head was never found, and in the 1990s, detectives went on a TV show with a psychic medium in Florida. With Hope's sweater and rope that was used on her um, hoping that the psychic would be able to contact her. Of course, nothing came out of this either, but what blows my mind about this is that the psychic never gave back Hope sweater or rope to police. What? Crucial, right, crucial pieces of evidence now gone. They claimed that they had tried to mail them back, but apparently they had gotten lost in the mail. Like, okay, um, this isn't something like an yeah. Xbox that can be replaced. Yeah, um,
0: that doesn't... I mean, I know things get lost in the mail, but what are the odds? That's I feel that really happened,
1: right? And I mean, I don't know this psychic person, but like, I just feel like that probably was not the case because I feel like if you were in charge of giving getting evidence back to the police department, you probably would have made sure that it got there.
0: Yeah. Was the you might not know the answer. Did they fly to Florida and go on the TV show in Florida, or were they on the TV show here and then the psychic was in Florida? I'm not sure, but I know that they mailed
1: the pieces to the psychic, so I have a feeling that they weren't there in person, but if they were, they definitely um, didn't fly with the evidence.
0: Yeah, I would think they weren't there then, because I would think if you were going to go, you would, like take it back with you hold it in your hands and make sure that it was safe you know exactly um and i i was trying i couldn't find
1: because she because she didn't have an actual name it was hard for me to find anything but i have a feeling i know um the psychic who had this on her show because in the 90s there was a very popular psychic who was known to be a fraud no but it, literally there's a there's a clip of youtube well there's a whole compilation but one of them that stuck out to me the most was this lady in the audience was like um, said something about her husband and she just like wanted to know what happened to her husband's body. And the lady was like, oh, I'm connecting with him now. He's surrounded by water. He's in a lake somewhere. And the lady was just like confused, obviously. And then she was like, my husband died 9-11, and they never found his body. Wow. And she was like... Wow, she like called her out. Literally on TV, and then she just kind of like gaslighted the lady like, oh, well. And so I feel I feel like, because that's the only popular... Florida psychic? Right. Um, of the 90s? Right, so... It's kind of specific, so... Yeah, and I really did try to find it, but it was hard because I didn't have her a name. I will look more after this and if I do find it I'll let you know but anyways this brings us to 2009 when they wanted to exhume Hope's body hoping to run tests that were not available at the time of her murder trying to identify her when they went to exhume her body her remains were not even where they were listed to be and actually instead of her body they found three other bodies by her gravestone so obviously the cemetery had been neglected for who knows how long but eventually, researchers from WashU, which is Washington University, for the non-locals,
0: let's go. That's where Heather attended school. <laughs> I just graduated from there. <laughs> Doctor Heather, uh, Washington University in St. Louis, to be specific. Yep,
1: yeah, this was WashU in St. Louis. Um, they were able to locate Hope's remains. They did they this. Were. Wow. Yeah, they did it go by looking at old photographs and using geolocation. Finally, in June of 2013, Hope's remains were examined at the smithsonian institute and the university of north texas
0: i would just like to say that's kind of cool the smithsonian that's like a big deal yeah that's really cool yeah they. i feel like um like you were saying before like since social media wasn't around you know first off maybe this would have gotten to a wider audience and they would have found her obviously it seems like they did their best to get the news out there Mm -hmm. here and across the country but social media seems to be very powerful But too, like, I don't know, that's a very prestigious name to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people might have heard about it and, like, you know, the world runs on connections. True. And I,
1: I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know these people personally, but, um, it seems that this case, um, was very, I don't even know the word. Like, it seems like this case was, it hit very close to home to these detectives because it seemed like they did do almost everything possible to try and get her justice. I feel like you
0: hear a lot of bad stories about somebody went missing or, you know, somebody's body was found and the police are like lollygagging. Mm -hmm. Um, And people just feel like they're not going fast enough for whatever reason. I mean, obviously, I know police are busy, but I feel like you hear a lot about, I hired a private investigator and they did this way faster or... I went on my own two feet and I knocked on people's doors together. Right. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So it's kind of cool to hear that they, you know, went to such lengths to get the information out there in hopes to find, finding out who Hope was, I guess. Right. Great right. yeah. way to word that at the end. But right. it's kind of cool to hear the opposite story. And I mean, not to be disrespectful to Hope in any way, shape, or form, but it would have been easy for them to say cold case and shut it yeah Yeah. like it would have been easy for them to say like i don't have time for this and nobody's looking anyway so why are we spending our time on this and they didn't and i think that's really cool
1: yeah and i think a lot of it had to do with the absolute like brutality of this and and it being such a young girl because initially when they saw her she was um face down and they thought that she was a sex worker Until they had turned her over and realized, like, she hadn't even went through puberty yet. So, um, but the researchers took bone samples um, and DNA for testing so that they could try to find out where she lived, which is so awesome to be able to do. They achieved results by looking at the mineral content of the bones. After this research, they were able to determine that Hope lived in one of the southeastern states, either one of the Carolinas, Florida, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi tennessee texas georgia or louisiana however the following seven states were listed on hope's profile at the national center for missing and exploited children uh, they list the states ohio indiana pennsylvania west virginia michigan wisconsin or minnesota i'm not quite sure how they came to this theory
0: um i do not think missouri.
1: no uh they knew They're that missing. well i guess they determined... i know that you had
0: said that, that she wasn't from st louis but well just because you're not from st louis doesn't mean that you're not from missouri
1: right I I think, and I'm I'm not sure this is me speculating because I couldn't find for sure answers. But I think maybe her um, minerals in her bones. Maybe they thought she had grew up in these states and then lived yeah, in no, the, the other the ones. Yeah, no, the mineral
0: part really makes sense. The listing for the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, like when they would say that she came from this other area of like their guess, it's just odd to me that they said a lot of like Midwestern states. And, like, northern states, but they did not include Missouri. Right. Or Illinois.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how um, they come to these conclusions, honestly. Yeah. I know sometimes they can find, like, pollen that are, like, natural to, like, one state or one area. And that's how they do it. But I think that the reason there's two different ones listed is because they think maybe she grew up here but then lived or spent time here
0: yeah. in,
1: in another state. So, um...
0: Okay. Well, but maybe she grew up in the southeast and lived in the
1: north. <laughs> I don't know. She was from somewhere. So, For sure. Um. On February 8th of 2014, Hope was reburied, this time after a ceremony that lasted an hour with dozens of people showing up to show See? her respect this time. See? I know. It's
0: exactly what you said.
1: I know, and I know social media had a play in that too, um, which is one of the... I hadn't heard of this. I hadn't either. Well, I actually saw it on Facebook, but obviously this was like last week that I saw it on Facebook. Right. But um, they buried her at the Garden of Innocence in Calvary Cemetery in this, in St. Louis, Missouri. Her headstone identifies her as Hope, which I had already decided that that was what I was going to call her until I got to that. And I was, I was very happy that yeah. they, I mean, I'm sure, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like Jane Doe or anything like that but I feel like giving her an actual name um, means a lot more. Uh, Today, the apartment complex building has been torn down and replaced with a senior living apartment complex. And in 2019, the St. Louis City Cold Case Unit devoted an entire room to Hope. This part also made me cry when researching, but Hope is the only child on the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's List that has no photo or facial reconstruction image. It's just an crime scene photo of her sweater There was a documentary released about Hope and her story. It's titled quote, "Our Precious Hope, St. Louis's Baby Jane Doe." In this documentary, there are interviews with the lead detectives on her case and also interviews with the people who lived in the neighborhood at the time of her murder. February 2022 marks 39 years since Hope's murder and police are still looking for tips and hope to identify Hope and bring justice to her and closure to her friends and family. If you know anything about this, please contact the local homicide division. We'll link their email below or you can call them at 314-444-5371. If you would like to remain anonymous, you can call Crime Stoppers at 866-371-8477. Or visit their website that we will also have linked in the show notes as well. And I do want to say that there is possibility in the future because they had just solved another Jane Doe case. using really? the, And this is, I know a lot of people are skeptical about it, but Ancestry and 23andMe, they have my family's DNA and I'm happy about that. I'm not worried about them cloning me, but... Um, that stuff is used to solve cold cases like this. Um, yeah, I can't even
0: imagine like my grandma did it before I took the Ancestry one, by the way, um, just out of curiosity to like see my family tree or whatever. I don't know if you guys have seen any commercials for it, but basically they like advertise that sometimes you'll get a green leaf and you can click on the leaf and it like shoots something off of your family tree. I just thought it would be interesting. Like we all hear stories Maybe not we all, but I've heard a lot of stories about like who my ancestors were with like no, I don't know, no like documents or whatever. It's just stories. And I thought it would be interesting to see like true documents. Like I just thought it would be cool. And so I took the ancestry one and my grandma took it before me. And there's no way for them to know that we were connected, but it immediately connected the two of us and said that we were, we had like strong relation and that she might be. I don't remember if it it said something or your grandmother. It was like blank or grandmother. And like, she's my grandma. So it like really did connect us. And then my dad took it and it connected all three of us like immediately. So it was like, this is your dad and this is his mom. So this is your grandma. And like, it adjusted my tree to show her in it. And I think it would be so interesting if they like did something like that and then had her profile, even like, when you go on there, it's like, these people could be your second cousins. These could be your third cousins. These could be your fourth cousins. This could be distantly related, that kind of a thing. Like, what if somebody popped up and it was like, this might be your sister? You know what I mean?
1: My One of my friends did that and found other family members that they didn't know existed.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And I know, obviously, we've all heard the stories about, like, they found out this person wasn't their grandpa, or you know, like those kinds of things, and that's rough. And I'm not saying that it's not, but they did not create ancestry DNA to break to apart family. families, right. like they created it to give us more information. And anything can be used for good or evil. And I don't know, I just think it'd be so interesting. And I think it's,
1: I mean, absolutely phenomenal that they've been able to use it to solve. I mean, I've heard of dozens and i'm sure there's hundreds of or thousands but i i know of so many that they literally used dna stuff like that because i mean they didn't have dna testing but even when they did have dna testing they didn't have any dna testing like they do now mm-hmm. and the fact that they're able to connect like cold cases and close them for good all because so and so's third cousin decided he wanted to see what percentage Irish he was. I, it's right. just, I think it's fascinating. So.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sold on like the demographic that they gave me mm-hmm. of like the country split or whatever. I'm not a hundred percent sure how all that works. I think the technology is still a little bit new. So I'm not saying that that is a hundred percent, but they definitely connected me to my dad and my dad to my grandma and like me to my grandma. You know what I mean? So that's, Technology Mm -hmm. seems to be strong. (laughs) Right. But I know a lot of people say like, there's no way I'm 8% Japanese. And it's like, well, (laughs) it says you are, so we're not really sure. (laughs) I know people are skeptical about it. And I, too, am a little bit skeptical about that part. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think that it can be a tool to connect you to family members, which I've not reached out to anybody on mine at all, at all, at all. Like even family members that I know that they've connected me with. But my grandma, like, reached out to people and said, like, this might be your second cousin. I don't know if, like, she's met any true family members or anything, but I think it's a cool concept. Mm
1: -hmm. I've had, I've seen, because I took over my mom's account, um, I've seen people message her that, you know, are distant relatives wanting to, like, find out more information about our side of the family. But I do want to say that people may be skeptical about the percentages and stuff like that. But if you have a family member that's literally like, no. No one's allowed to take the DNA test. They're probably a serial killer.
0: They're sus. Wait, mm-hmm. serial killer? There's- that's like a strong jump. I just thought maybe they like had an affair. <laughs> I wanted to ask, um, just like talking about the DNA stuff or kind of popped up. Did you hear about the news story? Or I'm sure I probably brought it up to you just because it blows my mind so much. About the nurse on her deathbed who said she'd switch 2,000 babies you didn't bring that up to me but I've seen that article title
1: yeah I didn't read it
0: but like that's I didn't read it either okay well then we we might be spreading false information guys do your own research because we clearly are not good researchers but I saw it pop up on my Apple news because I don't really read the news to be honest with you that's probably bad but it's true but I saw that 2,000 Thousand babies? That's a lot of babies. You know what? Now that I think about it, I am pretty sure that's the one where
1: we saw the same TikTok video and you saw my comment.
0: Well, that... I saw the news article after that TikTok. I know exactly what you're talking about. We saw a TikTok. I don't remember the original creator and I don't know that I could find it right now. But she was talking about, like, in her culture, biting your baby was not uncommon because you would pick a specific body part and then you... If your baby came back and they didn't have a bite mark there, you would know that it wasn't your baby because there was such an issue of swapping babies or there was a suspicion, which clearly might have been true. Mm -hmm. But I actually saw this article after that. Yeah. Well,
1: I I think that's what she was talking about, though, but I did just in the past
0: week see that article that you're talking about circulate on Facebook. Yeah. That's just mind-boggling. And I saw somebody... I saw a TikTok about it later, but like I said, I didn't open the article myself, Um, so I'm not 100% sure on all the details, but the TikTok had said, like, basically a general synopsis, and then the comments were like, I had not considered this. Think about the number of families that had ended in divorce because there was a paternity test and the baby wasn't the father's. Steve Wilkos could have an entire podcast episode on that. Right? But... Like, that's mind-blowing, because you never test the mother. hmm You know what I mean? Like, it came out of her womb. <laughs> Did you ever watch Switch to Birth? No. Yeah. Oh, the TV show? Yeah. I didn't watch it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is that... that that's concept? what that's what happened. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, I saw that news article, and I thought it was very interesting, and I wonder, like, how many of those people connected with their true families on Ancestry. That's actually insane. I didn't think about that. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Okay, well, not to derail us because I'm always the derailer.
1: I guess that's kind of my job. Literally, my mom said stop apologizing every time you interrupt me
0: because it's literally what you're here for. I hate to interrupt. It's not that I have, it's not that I'm apologizing for having a comment. It's that I know that you work so hard on, like, what we're talking about and you, like, really get into a groove. And to be honest, you have, like, a moment of panic flash across your face every time I start talking and I think it's because you're scared you're gonna lose your place or whatever and then you put down your fingers so you know like what other facts you want to talk about but every time I start to talk you have like fear
1: <laughs> I'm just like trying to process <laughs> what you're saying and think
0: of how I'm gonna <laughs> respond to it
1: and how I'm gonna like navigate back into it which doesn't bother me at all but I do want to say one thing um I see a lot of comments on other people's podcasts that they're like oh it's so scripted and I like do want to say that like I type out what I, like not everything that I say but I type out notes so that um, we're actually getting like, oh, this happened in 2019. It's because
0: Jill's bad at numbers. Right.
1: It's <laughs> I don't want to be like, oh, this happened in 1872, and then it happened literally like last year.
0: So um, I and do have notes. you can tell I do not have notes because I constantly mess things up and I constantly yeah. have to be like, did you say this? And then she'd be like, no, I said this totally other thing.
1: <laughs> right, which I think is – I really do think because – when people say that, I kind of like threw me off. First, it was like, oh my gosh, we like write out stuff, or I write out stuff. Heather doesn't write out anything. But then Heather's completely candid. And so I think that's what they mean. I think when people say, and y'all let us know, I think what people mean when they say that is um, if, if my I said commentary something, was yeah, scripted. And then Heather like read from a script too. And so, because I'm like, I don't understand how I tried the very first episode to like wing it and it did not work so
0: Loki can tell
1: oh yeah that's why I, <laughs> when i posted, it i was like y'all might want to skip the first couple episodes because that was i did not come prepared at all i just thought because when i talked to my friends about it like heather in real life um when there's not microphones i'm just like oh yeah this happened this happened um and then it's like you know that but i never thought i'm like oh i have to like put all of this and I have to have the right
0: dates and the right times and the right frames. Yeah, I think that's important. And honestly, this is the kind of thing that you don't want to mess up because like how disrespectful to somebody's family. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's great that your side scripted. Yeah. So with
1: that being said, please contact um, any of the agencies we mentioned before if
0: you have any um, tips. I highly doubt that anybody that's gonna listen to this we'll have like good information on this just because it has been such a long time but if you know of somebody who's been missing for that amount of time or like anything like that why not reach out and say like I feel like a lot of times people are scared to give a tip because they're like oh what if it's wrong like what if it's right oh true true and you can do it anonymously but there I will say there is a reward Why not give it a shot? Exactly. So it is their job to like go through the tips and figure out which ones are good and which ones aren't and to follow every lead. So if you have any information, like share it. Maybe they've heard it before, but maybe they haven't. And so I don't think it hurts. It's a valid point. And also like maybe someone new's working and them hearing it will spark a thought or an idea and that will lead them down another rabbit hole, which will lead them down another one and eventually get it solved like it never hurts to share your ideas.
1: Right. It does warm my heart, though, that um, almost 40 years later, the police department still have an entire room dedicated to her. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I really
0: feel like this is a good example of, like,
1: proper police work.
0: I mean, I really feel, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I really feel like it's above and beyond.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Like, not even proper. Like, I feel like they did their, they've done their due diligence mm-hmm. and they like are continuing to work on this, which I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I'm very sorry that it was very heavy today, but.
0: Um... No, it's okay. Like it, honestly, it was just kind of a shock at the beginning, which like you said, there wasn't really anything known leading up to that. You know what yeah. I mean? But I was just surprised. We like really jumped into it. A lot of times you give me a little bit more suspense in the beginning.
1: Yeah. I just, there was like. So it was just surprising. Yeah. But hopefully in the near future, maybe we'll have an update. Hopefully. And we can finally put a
0: proper name to her. Yeah. So. I think it's cool that a lot more people did go to her funeral the second time.
1: I know. That made me...
0: I know that was important to you. Yeah. And if I would have
1: heard of it then, I would have definitely went to her funeral.
0: Yeah. You are the type of person to do that. I actually believe that you would have done that. But anyway, um, thank you guys so much for listening this week. And... We will be back together next Thursday with another episode. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and a couple more. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram or TikTok and now in our Facebook group. And we post little reminders in there. And sometimes we have pictures that we can share. And we just hope to connect with you guys and keep sending us your feedback and your case ideas and things like that. And we will... Be back together next Thursday with another episode. All right, bye, bye. I didn't do the. That thing. was a there week was bye. Time. I know I was waiting for them. <laughs> I'm <just> like... Bye. <laughs>